0: This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds, but first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at SouthridgeNow and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening.
1: Well, on Mother's Day, I always love to have this time together as a church family, but I think it's really important that moms know just how much not only our church, Southridge, loves and appreciates you, but how much the Bible speaks to motherhood and how important your role is. And so I'm just honored and thrilled that every year I put all the pressure on my wife on Mother's Day. I mean, Mother's Day, you're not supposed to do any work, and here I go and ask her to do one of the hardest jobs, and that is to speak. And it's amazing because... Speaking was rated right up as one of the things people would hate to do. As a matter of fact, uh, people's greatest fear is public speaking. Their second greatest fear is dying. Like, people would rather die than speak. So people would rather be in the casket than have to speak about the person in the casket. And that's just something else. But yet, uh, I appreciate my wife so much, who on Mother's Day, who said, you know, I would really like to encourage the women. And I, I spoke once for Mother's Day. And it, I mean, come on, I, I can't empathize all that much with motherhood. I, I, I don't do a whole lot at my house, honestly. My wife does most of it. And it's just a blessing and a joy. But one of the things I appreciate about my wife so very much is that just like all of you, this last year has been pretty traumatic. It's been pretty difficult. But yet she has just shown what peace and calm looks like through it all. Just consistent, just faithful. And just made it so our home just navigated that. And so I'm so thankful for my wife and just so appreciative of everything she does. And so right now, would you join me in just welcoming her as she brings us a message this morning.
0: Well, good morning, everybody. Well, um, happy Mother's Day to all the moms in this room. Um, This is a special day um, for all of us. And I hope you got extra special treatment this morning, or maybe yesterday, or maybe after this. Um, I hope you didn't have to get up and make breakfast this morning. Um, Or maybe the rest of the day, please don't touch any laundry. Don't clean the house. Today's your day off, like one day of the year. And if if your mom is here, please don't ask mom for anything. Ask your dad. (laughs) Um, I notice that sometimes, like, kids are like, Mom, where's this, where's that? And I'm like, you know, there's another adult in this house who knows where things are. Like, your dad can get you a snack, your dad can help you, with whatever, not just me. But uh, my name is Jane, and my husband and I started the church about seven years ago. Um, We have three wonderful children, Megan, Austin, and Kane. Megan is 10, Austin is 8, and then kane is four um i i'm a teacher so i went back to teaching again this year now that kane is in preschool and um i'm so happy because her his um preschool teacher is here with us miss sanchez and she he was looking forward to just like you know having her today but um um, the first two were perfectly planned. I was like, I'm going to have the, these kids in June. That way I have the summer with them. When I go back to school in the fall, um, I can spend more time with them. And they were both, both born in June, two years and three days apart. And then we thought we were done. You know, we're like, you know uh, what, we just, we just couldn't get pregnant for a while. And I said, maybe God just bless us with two and we're done. And I remember just clearing up everything. I'm like, you know, it's been almost five years. Just get rid of everything, and that's when we found out we're pregnant. (laughs) So that's when Cain came in, and so it's like relearning everything and all that. But um, we're just so thankful to have all of them, and it's one of the greatest um, I don't want to call it a job, uh, greatest calling in my life is to be a mom. So I know there's a lot of moms here in the room. Happy Mother's Day to you guys. Um, But how many here likes memes? i never seen those um, on Facebook or social media. I picked a few here that I thought was kind of funny. Um, first one, she believed she could, and she almost did, but then someone asked her repeatedly for a snack, and she lost track of what she was doing. How many here can relate to that, right? You're like, I was doing something, and then I don't know what I was doing next. Um, none of my yoga pants have ever been to yoga. That's another one. Um, Not to brag or anything, but I I can forget what I'm doing while I'm doing it. Just because our mind is like, you know, um, flooded with all kinds of stuff. Um, The fastest land mammal is the toddler who's been asked what's in their mouth, right? Uh, It's like, what's in your mouth? And they just start chewing it down and you don't know what it is. Um, Mom sleep. It's like a regular sleep, but without the sleep. And it never ends. Um, my housekeeping style is best described as there appears to have been a struggle. And we all can relate to that. Men, if you ever want to know what a woman's mind feels like, imagine a browser with 2,857 tabs open all the time. Like, just, it just never ends. Um, sometimes I talk to my husband and we're like talking about the kids. Next thing you know, I'm asking about the dog. Oh, wait, you forgot this. And he's like, wait, We're talking about the kids. And my mind is just like everywhere. Um, that awkward moment, maybe you've felt these moms, when you're not sure if you actually have free time or if you're just forgetting everything. <laughs> you ever felt that way? You're, um, you're watching a movie, you're enjoying it, and you're like, Oh my goodness, I felt like. This, this is not normal. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something. And lastly, I still feel this. It's called the shower schizophrenia. The constant belief that you hear a child crying while you're taking a shower <laughs> or fighting. Sometimes I do that. I'm like, Wait, is somebody fighting? Like while you're in the shower, you could just hear them. But um, sometimes life isn't fair, especially for moms, just because we go through so many things. I mean, we give birth to the kids, but the first, thing, the first word they say is dada. You're like, what in the world? Like, I was here the whole time. I was feeding you. The funny thing is, our third child, his first word wasn't mom, mama, or dada. It was actually cupcake. (laughs) And we're like, what happened to you? Like, why didn't you say your parents? You want cupcake. But um, truth be told, life isn't fair. Uh, We go through challenges, and especially moms, we often find ourselves, and maybe you're the same like me, I find myself in these moments where I reflect on the bad things all at once. And then I kind of feel bad about myself, um, how I was treated, or I don't know, I deserve better. Um, And 2020 was a very difficult season for all of us, especially for the moms. Um, As if we weren't doing enough, we had to homeschool while working. And then we have to keep everybody entertained because everybody is on lockdown, right? They can only watch so much TV, they can only go on their iPads for so long, and then they ask, oh, I wanna do something. you have to clean 10 times more because everybody's at home. Um, and then deal with all the changes, you know, um, going th- whatever they're feeling. Um, sadly, some of our, our kids went through a depression during shelter in place and then still coping through that. Going back to school, maybe you've missed your vacation this year or last year, maybe you've lost a loved one, um, financial loss. And to top it all off, we're dealing with unrest in our society. Like you turn on the news and you're like, oh my goodness, (laughs) this is making me feel worse. And um, this morning, I want us to look to two women in the Bible who went through the same thing. And sometimes I look at the Bible like, oh, they don't know what I'm going through. And the reality is there's two women in the Bible named Naomi and Ruth, and they found themselves in the same situation that we have. The Bible says there was no king in Israel, which means... Everybody did that which was right in their own eyes. So I'm going to do this. Uh, I don't care if it's right or wrong. It's good for me. It's good for my eyes. So that's how it was. So very much the same to today. So think about these two women living in today's world. Um, and not only that, the, the book of Ruth opened up with a tragedy. Both of, their, both of them lost their husbands, and they were going through famine. So maybe you guys, especially the moms here, When your child asks for food, it's like the end of the world, right? You're like, mom, can I have a snack? And you're like, no, it's okay. Let me just finish. No, no, mom, I really want a snack. It's like they're going to die. So you're like, wait, okay, I'm getting your food. But imagine a real famine. And these two women lost their husbands, and they're going through a famine. So that's kind of where we find ourselves. And both were in the same situation, but they both responded in a different way. And I want us to look how they responded. Um, as I go through what us what, women and what everybody went through last year, um, it's very difficult. You know, we go through, we went through a season of just challenges. And sometimes we find ourselves in this downward spiral of feeling bad about ourselves. I know, I can't believe this, this happened. And then on top of that, this happened again. And then you finally f- feel bitterness in your heart. And it's slowly creeping in. And you may have a reason to be bitter, but you don't have the right to be bitter. And that's one thing that God just really spoke to me throughout this season. Um, As I look through, you know, everything that happened. But um, I want us to look at Ruth chapter 1, verses 22 to 23. And it says here, verse 20, it says, But she said to them, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Like, this is a really bitter woman. I mean, she's telling everybody, that's not even my name. Just call me Mara. I'm bitter. And she said, I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of bar- barley harvest. So we find here two women. One of them was very bitter. They both lost their husbands. And to the point that she said, I don't even want my name anymore. I'm, like, she was telling her friends, my name is now Mara, not Naomi. Um, bitterness is like a porcupine. They may have a lot of good points, but they're hard to be near. And that's what bitterness does. It creeps in your heart, and it gets heavier and heavier. And maybe you're like me. You go to Target. You're like, oh, I don't need a cart. (laughs) So you're carrying, like, all these things. And then, wait, wait, I do need something. You know, you just grab, like, the closest cart or whatever. That's what bitterness does. You start with something little. And then you don't, you don't release it, so you keep adding more stuff, adding more stuff. And those around you are like, whoa, what's wrong with you? Like, I don't want to be around you. You're, like, always intense and, you know, kind of always on the edge. And that's, that's what bitterness does. So how do you beat back bitterness? And this is one thing that God just kind of showed me this past season. First of all, which I've already mentioned, um, you may have the reason to be bitter, but you don't have the right to be bitter. Um, first of all, it says here in Hebrews 12, 14 to 15, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. The Bible says pursue peace with all people. That means Everybody. Not just you know the people you want to hang out with, or when it gets uncomfortable. The Bible says all people, and um, there's another verse in um, Deuteronomy where it says they describe bitterness like poison, and that was a heavy word when I saw it. Like, well, you know, I'm just not. I don't feel good about this person. It's just something little, but the Bible called it poison. So that was like, whoa, that was heavy, God. So verse 21 says, I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. This is Naomi speaking. And she said, why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? And I started thinking through that. Like, why did she leave if she was full in the beginning? If you had everything, then why did you leave? I started, you know, questioning this. And I noticed that Naomi held on to hostility in her heart. Verse 21 says, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Um, Bitterness always, always looks for someone to be blamed. You notice that with you? Um, I normally find myself this. I would say something like, well, I was treated by this person, so I can be fill in the blank. Or, well, this happened to me, so I can do fill in the blank. And we're always blaming somebody. Um, That's what bitterness does. You're hanging on, you're hanging on to that hostility in your heart. Also, if you focus on the hurt, you will never see the hope that is in front of you. So Naomi and Ruth, they went through a famine and they were going to go back to Bethlehem to find food. And Naomi said, I'm empty. Like she straight up told everybody, I am empty. Naomi said, I went out full, but I came back empty. But She's actually with Ruth, so she's not technically empty. I know her husband died, but as I looked through this, I was just thinking, man, if, if only Naomi could see the bigger story that's about to happen through Ruth, she would not feel like this. But again, she just hung on to that bitterness. You know, bitterness blocks your ability to see potential blessings. It's like this filter that, because you're bitter, everything is just bad, everything that's happening around you because you can't see through it. Um, who changed Naomi's name? She did, right? God didn't change her name. She she changed her name based on her circumstances. She didn't like what was going on around her. She's like, you know what? I'm going to change my name to Mara. God didn't change her name, and God didn't change his mind about you. Maybe you've changed your name because of what's happening around you. Um, maybe there's times you've called your name, especially the women here. Um, you know what? You look in the mirror, and you're like, after childbirth I don't look very good. (laughs) And you start calling yourself all these names, right? Or I'm such a loner, you know, I went through this relationship after this relationship. You're calling yourself all these names. Or maybe you've called your name, you've called yourself, um, sorry. Maybe you've called yourself something that you would never even think of. And that's because of your situation. And God never intended for you to do that and sometimes we've even called yourself you even called yourself a failure just because of one thing that happened just one thing and you kind of you know brushed everything off like no it's just that one thing therefore I'm a failure but the bible never refers to naomi as mara because naomi actually means joy of the lord so first of all i want to challenge you you may have a reason to be bitter but you don't have the right to be bitter second of all i want to challenge you to choose commitment over comfort be committed to beat bitterness. Um, Bitterness is comfortable. It's like this warm blanket. It feels good to dwell on it. It feels good to convince yourself that you're actually on the right. And I'm sure women here can agree with that. You know, you you kind of find yourself like, well, no, I was treated like this, so no, I'm actually right. And then you kind of like talk to yourself. (laughs) Like, no, 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 I did the right thing. I'm pretty sure, you know, they were on the wrong. They raised their voice first, and I was quiet, right? And um, that's what bitterness does. You know, it kind of, you kind of put yourself in this situation where you're talking to yourself and you're convincing yourself that you're actually right. Ruth one says, Naomi was telling her daughters, turn back, my daughters, why will you go with me? are there still sons in my womb that they may be her husband? So this is Naomi telling her daughters-in-law, Orpah and um, Ruth. And then again, she said in verse 12, turn back my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should even have a husband tonight, I should also bear sons." son. So she was literally telling her daughters-in-law, I'm not going to have any more kids. You guys should just just part ways. You guys go back on your own. And verse 14 says, Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. but I love this part. But Ruth clung to her. Like Ruth said, I know it's hard, but I'm going to stay with you. In fact, verse 16 says, But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. So this is Ruth, complete foreigner. She's going to go to a foreign land with her mother-in-law. She's going to leave her comfort zone. She's not even staying with her family. you got to picture this. Imagine a lady who lost her husband. She's going to a foreign land. She, don't know, she doesn't know anybody there. Maybe you've traveled at a foreign country. You don't know the language. You don't know the culture. And you're leaving everything behind, everybody in your family. That's what Ruth had to do. Verse 18 says, when she saw, when Naomi saw Ruth, that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. <laughs> I love that part because this woman was so committed, and she stood on her ground. I know moms here are very good at that. Your, do- your son or your kid asks, oh, you know, can I have a donut for breakfast? And guess what? We have donuts here. <laughs> you're like, no, you can't. Oh, wait, can I, can I do it again? And they ask you over and over. You're like, I said no. Like, what does no mean, right? We know how to stand our, to our ground. But um, Ruth here, she said, I'm not going to stay I'm going to go with you. Like She was determined to get out of her comfort zone, to at bitterness, and she was committed. It takes work to be committed, but it's always worth it. Ruth didn't stay with her family. She was all in. She decided to leave everything behind. And as I was going over this um, Moab, which is now Jordan, I know where, where Lana is from, and um, where Bethlehem is, it's pretty close, but then at that time, it'll take you about seven to ten days to walk. Obviously, at that time, they didn't have any cars. So Ruth tells Naomi, her mother-in-law, I don't want you to go by yourself. I'm going to go with you. And you guys got to picture this. They're walking across the desert. And she said, I'm with you 100% and more than that. I'm going to go with you. Um, And it's easy sometimes to have the temptation as she was walking by. I'm sure she thought, oh, man, I'm sure life was better back in Moab, right? Right? And as women, we kind of think through that sometimes. Like, you know, life was better back when whatever that is. That's how bitterness starts creeping in your heart because you always kind of wish for what happened or what had happened to you. But not only do we need to remember, you may have a reason to be bitter, but you don't have the right to be bitter. You choose commitment over comfort. Be still but never stagnant. Um, Ruth faced a setback. So at the time, if you become a widow in their culture, you can't just remarry anybody. You have to have a kinsman or a redeemer. What that means, and I was trying to share this in the early service, say I lose my husband at the time. I can't just go out and find another guy. There has to be somebody related to him who will say, I'm gonna continue the Ermler lineage. Not their own lineage, it would be his. So he's giving up his own line. He's gonna take over his, so his lineage could keep going hope that helps but um, Ruth fell in love with this guy named Boaz and she was like you know what this is a happy happily ever after story I found my guy we're gonna get married except there's a setback there was another kinsman that's supposed to redeem her and this is like panic button right like oh my goodness now what do I do I can't marry the guy I love there's another guy that's in the way and I love what um, her mother-in-law tells her Ruth 3.18, she said, then she said, sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. And when I read that, I was like, oh my goodness, I needed that. (laughs) How many here, you just needed to like sit still? She was like going in a panic mode, like, no, 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 I was going to end up with this guy. And then there's another kinsman that comes in the way. And her mother-in-law said, no, you just need to sit still. Just sit still there, and sometimes that's what God wants us to do. They want us to just wait. Um, <clears throat> if you have a toddler, they don't like sitting still. <laughs> even when they get older, <clears throat> excuse me. Even when they get older, right? They have to be doing something. Um, Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen says, "Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart." Wait, I say on the Lord. When you wait, you're actually gaining strength, and that waiting season is like I need to find something out. I need to know. Like, I just can't sit still, God. Like, I need to be doing something. And this is one of the hard things that I'm learning because even on my day off, my husband's like, why are you running around? And I'm like, no, I just need to be doing I just can't sit still. I need to be, you know, doing something. But Psalm 130, verses 5 to 6, the psalmist says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch the morning Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. Did you wait before you posted that post on social media? Sometimes it's hard, right? Because you're like, I'm ready. Um, I'm guilty of this. When I get a bad, this, when I get a bad um, experience from a business, the first thing I'm like, I'm going on Yelp. <gasps> I'm gonna tell everybody how they treated me. I'm going in Google review. And I'm like, wait a minute. I should you know, wait on this. Um, did you wait before you send that email? Because a lot of times we're like, going, you know, full blast, right? Your emotions are involved. You're like, I'm going to type this all out, and then I'm just going to send it. Let them know how my, how I feel. Um, did you wait before you called your child's school? Did you wait before you confronted that friend, or the pastor, or before you quit your job? Because a lot of times, especially women, our emotions are involved. Especially when our, your child is involved. It's like, uh-oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you hurt me, but if one of my kids is involved, no. That's like, Ten times worse, the mama bear comes out, and we're like, "Well, I've never seen this, right? But that, that's how God made us. But there's got to be a time where you say, God, I'm going to wait on you, and I'm going to get the facts. I'm not going to put all my feelings out there. I'm going to trust in you. So not only do we have to remember that we have a reason to be bitter, but we don't have the right to be bitter, we need to choose commitment over comfort, be still but never stagnant. Lastly, transformed, but never transfixed. And I was thinking about this this word transfix. It's the it's the word it's that meaning of your focus on something. So in February my husband and I went to Maui and prior to leaving, I asked my brother and my sister-in-law cuz they had gone, "Hey, what did you guys do? It's our first time going." And you know, they're like, "Oh, you know, there's this place called Mount Haleakala, which is a 10,000 feet volcano. Um, it's dormant. <laughs> and you can drive down you can, um, you can hike up and then watch the sunrise. I was like, oh, good, we'll do it. And uh, my brother and I have always had this, like, weird relationship, like, oh, I don't think you're going to do it, you know, because you haven't ridden your bike. I was like, no, I'm going to do it, right? Like, don't challenge me. I'm going to do it. Um, so anyway, I told my husband, I said, you know, let's just do it. And he's like, okay, well, you have to get up at 2 a.m. I said, like, no, I'm gonna, I want to see the sunrise. I've never experienced this, like, up on a volcano. I want to see it up there. And um, he was like, okay, well, we'll do it. So we go up there. But get this, I haven't ridden a bike in years. Like, I can't even remember <laughs> the last time I rode a bike. But I was like, well, I already said we're doing it, so why not? So we hike up this. They take you on a van, and then you hike up this um, volcano. You get there about 4 a.m., 4.30. I don't know what we were thinking, but we did it anyway. And the guy was like, if you are going to ride down to your bike, you're actually not pedaling because you're going downhill, but you're going at 30 miles an hour this is like fast you're just you know controlling where you're going so I was like okay we're gonna do it and um they did give you an option hey if you ever feel uncomfortable you can ride the van I was like no that's not gonna be me I'm not gonna be that person that's gonna ride the van and everybody's like biking and I was like no I'm doing it so I was doing well I was doing well um, until so you're in a single fi- single file. My husband is behind me. He's like, I'm just gonna keep an eye on you just in case something happens. I was like, No, I'll be fine. You got the helmet on, and I was doing fine until I until the turn. I see a semi truck coming at me, and I literally froze. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm gonna die! <laughs> like this guy's gonna hit me. This was like 6:30 in the morning, so everybody's like still waking up, you know. And the next thing you know, it was like split second. I was like, I need to move. And obviously after that, everybody was like, hey, you know, let's all huddle on the side. Jane, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I got scared. <laughs> I was, it was embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just got scared because I saw the semi-truck, you know, coming at me, and I thought it was going to hit me, you know. And I was thinking about that. Sometimes we focus on our bitterness, and we lose sight of everything happening around us. And it's this downward spiral that you just keep getting deeper and deeper, and it feels so good. It feels, feels comfortable to be in that position, to convince yourself, no, oh, you know, they were wrong the whole time. They were wrong. I did the right thing. And you're missing out on God, what God is doing in your life. You're missing the transformation. Um, through Ruth, God will restore Naomi's joy, hope, and trust, and he's actually going to cement Ruth as a lowly foreigner, as the key player in Israel's history, he became. she became, there's only five women mentioned in genealogy of Jesus, and she got to be one of them, a f- complete foreigner. She wasn't even a Jew. She was a Moabitess. She's a complete foreigner. She's not, even, she's not even supposed to be part of that. Matthew 1, 1 and 6 says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, Salmon begat Boaz by Rahab, Boaz begat Obed by Ruth, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. So she became part of the Messiah's line. I want to challenge you this morning here. Don't transfix on that bitterness that you're hanging on to. Let God transform you. Um, I wrestled to share this personal um, illustration just because, you know, we, we work at the church, and normally we're always there for people, you know, hearing what they're sharing with. And um, in 2020, it was a very hard year for everybody. But um, we decided, you know what, we're gonna treat this like normal. We traveled, you guys probably saw our pictures. And um, we decided we're going to Florida. We're gonna go see my sister. You know what, we haven't seen her. Um, We went to Disney World, and um, we're gonna spend Thanksgiving with them. Well, the day before Thanksgiving, I found a lump in my chest, and I was like, great, the day before Thanksgiving. You know, it's like the the best time to find out about these things. And I was like, we were in Florida. I was like, I can't call my doctor. Like, I can't. Who do I talk to? So I called her. She was like, well, you're in Florida. There's really nothing I can do about it. And um, she said, when you come back, you'll do an ultrasound and all that. So we came back in December, first week. I was like, you know, let's get an ultrasound. Except on the ultrasound, they give you five choices after the result. One is normal or benign. The other one is no suspicious findings. The other one is probably benign. Previous mammogram needed and then abnormal. So I remember sitting there and um nobody's allowed because of COVID. And I was sitting in that room with other women, probably feeling the same thing that I was feeling. I was like, man, my anxiety was like up the roof. I was like, what is this? You know, and your thoughts just keep going like well, what if, you know, this is my last whatever, and then you start thinking about your kids, your husband, and then it just it never stops. And I finally had to be like, Lord, I'm just going to focus on you. So I go get my ultrasound, and the radiologist came, and she gives me the report. And I was like, okay, God, just keep, keep me positive. The report came back as probably benign. I was like, oh, come on, God. Like, why can't it just be normal? Like, what is that? Like, Probably. And the radiologists were like, well, you know, there's a chance it could be cancer. I was like, oh my goodness, like what's, what's the percentage, right? We wanna, we wanna find out the facts. And he, she was like, you know, just come back, three to six months, we'll find out again if there's anything that happened. Well, two weeks after that, I found another lump. And I was like, oh my goodness, I really need to see my doctor. This is like getting out of hand, but because of COVID, you guys, I just saw her last month and they just kept, you know, the appointment and everything. But it was weighing on my heart with all the anxiety and I don't know what I have. Um, I did meet with a surgeon, so I'll get the biopsy next month. But it's just this long process. We found out in November, and it's been like seven months. And to top that all off, um, December, Satan just attacked our church. And we had families leaving, and hurtful words were said. And I remember like just going through that, thinking... I just want to tell this person, do you not, you have no idea what I'm going through? (laughs) You can't be mean to me, you know, or can you not, like, talk to me like that? You know, when your kids, like, get into fights, like, mom is going through something heavy, you know, please just back off, right, and I remember just praying, and one of my, um, one of the times that I was praying, I was just telling God, God, would you please just change this person? Or can you please make them nicer? Or can you please let them be more gracious to me? Because, come on, God, look, I'm going through all these, and I have so much anxiety, and I don't even know what's happening. And I remember God saying, then you go do it. I was like, no, I can't be nice to these people. Like, I deserve to be treated nicer. And this is the last part that I'm going to share with you guys. Let God reveal it. Let grace remove it. And let goodness replace it. And that was the hardest part for me. God was like, no, you go out for that person that's wronged you, and you go tell them you're sorry. I was like, no, I can't tell them I'm sorry. They were the ones who wronged me. They were the ones who did this. God's like, no, that's what I want you to do. You show them grace. And that was the part that like, okay, God, if you want to transform this bitterness in my heart, I have to let grace take over my heart. And as you look through Naomi, Naomi didn't deserve anything. She didn't deserve a daughter-in-law that's going to go out there and glean for her. Guess what Naomi did? She just sat in her house, and even though she didn't, you know, she could have gone out there, but Ruth did all that for her. Ruth became part of the uh, messianic lineage. She wasn't, she didn't deserve to be a part of that. She was bitter. But grace stepped in and said, you don't deserve it, but I'm going to step in. And that's what Jesus did for us. Grace is something we don't deserve, yet we still get it. Um, and the last part was let goodness replace it. And that's probably would be the hardest part for everybody here. When somebody's wronged you and you have all the reasons to say this to them, to do this to them, and God says, nope, hold it back and just be nice. What? I can't be nice to that person. <laughs> They've done all these, right? But let God redeem that bitterness in your heart. Let, God, let grace remove that and let goodness replace that. Jesus is our redeemer. That's one of the great things about the book of Ruth. He rede- he redeems the past, and he redeems the past mistakes. So if you're sitting here today, and you're like, you know what? This year was really hard. Um, and you start feeling bitter towards, not really to anybody, but to your situation. Maybe to God, that you're like, God, I-, I can't do one more. I can't have one more challenge in my life. I'm totally spent after 2020. And then this thing happens, and it's easy to focus on, be transfixed in what's happening around you and keep going down that road of bitterness. But let God steps in, grace remove it, and let goodness replace it. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you, God, for your word that was shared this morning. I know this topic has been heavy in my heart, and this is what you've really been teaching me throughout this season I pray, Father, that every person in this room would go home and make a decision to beat bitterness back. I pray, Father, that you would reveal the bitterness in their hearts, even right now, Father. Whoever that person is that you're revealing in their heart, that's the person that they have bitterness towards against. Maybe it's something that happened in the years past, maybe it's happened yesterday, maybe recently. Father, I pray that you would reveal that bitterness right now. Father, I pray that you would allow your grace, that they would decide to let your grace remove that bitterness and that they would be kind and they would have the grace to replace it. They would have the goodness to replace it. Father, I pray that this room would make that decision to choose commitment over comfort in a world and a culture where it's easy, to be, it's easy to be offended. We may have the, right, the reason to be bitter. I pray, Father, that they would choose still to follow you, and to wait on you, to be still and not stagnant. Christ, let me pray.
1: Thank you so much for that challenge against bitterness. And it's so easy, isn't it? Because bitterness can become that friend that we just want to hold on to and not let it go. And I think one of the greatest struggles is the fact that for moms, for women, it's not as bad when somebody does something to you, but when somebody does something to your child, somebody does something to your mom, All of a sudden, that's where the bitterness can creep in. And that's where the challenge can be where you're saying, Lord, I I don't want to carry this bitterness anymore. I don't want to carry this. And that's why we wanted to have a morning where you could just say, Lord, I want to leave this here. I want to have a Mother's Day where I could just give it to you. I don't want to carry this burden. I don't want to carry this weight anymore. And so what I'd like to do is I'm going to ask my wife to pray one more time. But specifically for all the moms in this room and then the single moms in this room, for those who are the mother figure, that you're the one that's kind of holding it down. We just want to say a special prayer over you, and then we're going to dismiss our service. So let's pray one more time. Would you pray for the moms?
0: Father in heaven, I know this is a special day where we're celebrating all the moms in this room. Father, I lift up to you the young moms in this room who have probably babies or toddlers where the days are long, but the years are short. Father, I pray that your special grace and strength would just strengthen them through those moments when they feel exhausted, when they feel overwhelmed, when they feel like they're not getting anything done, and they feel like they're not doing enough. Father, I pray that during those moments, you would step in, you would wrap them with your arms and remind them that they are loved, they are doing enough, and they're exactly where they need to be so they can rely on you. Father, I also lift up to you. The moms in this room who may have, who may um, may probably have teenagers or maybe older children. Father, I pray that they would continue to be a great example for you. They would continue to show your love. I pray that their prayer life would be stronger than ever now that they don't have a lot of authority, but their influence, Father, that you would increase that influence over them. Father, I also pray for those who were foster moms or probably just a becoming a mother figure for some of them. I pray, Father, for spiritual moms in this room. They may never had a child, but Father, I pray that they would be a spiritual leader for these younger generation. I pray, Father, that they would have the right words to say, that they would have the right counsel. And I challenge, Father, the women in this room, they may or may not be a mom, but they would be spiritual moms to other children. Father, I also lift up to you those that are probably not celebrating today because this is a hard day for them after battling infertility and maybe some of them have lost a mom or maybe they have a wayward child. Maybe they don't have a good relationship with their mom and this is just one of those days that they don't look forward to where everybody else is celebrating. Father, I pray that you would remind them that they are loved I pray, Father, that just like you said in your word, you are the great comforter. I pray that you would comfort them, Father, that you have shown your love uh, to Israel just like a mother's love. Father, I pray that you would sh- they would feel your love today, Father, especially. And Father, I pray for special blessing to each woman in this room as they go out. I pray that your favor would be on them, especially, Father, for the moms as they go on day in and day out doing the mundane. I pray that they would find the special blessings, the little moments that um, that their love and that their influence is so much greater than they could even imagine. I pray, Father, for a special blessing in each person in this room, and I pray that we would walk away knowing and making a decision that we will replace bitterness with goodness. Thank you, God, for what you've done in Christ. name, I pray.
1: We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If it was a
0: blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting SouthridgeSanJose.com connect. Again, that's SouthridgeSanJose.com connect.